Greetings and salutations, and welcome to the Trash Fire of Talk podcast with your host, Skits M. Jones. I am your host, Skits M. Jones. Uh, recording this on a Wednesday morning, which means you know the deal. Tomorrow night, Thursday night, 8 p.m., Comedy Shrine, Game of Microphones. Uh, we've got a huge lineup competing. Liz Risley, uh, Terry McGill, Rudy Ruiz, Joe Otowitz, Too Skinny, Lom Galuka, Kate Peterson, headliner Amy Blaze, plus myself on hosting duties. That's going to be a great time. Uh, I hope to see you all out there. Uh, Comedy Shrine was blowing the fuck up this past Monday. Monday, huge crowd, hot crowd, fucking wild uh especially for an open mic. Apparently some dude lost a bet uh, in his fantasy football league, had to do stand-up uh, as as a result of losing the bet, and it was standing room only. This dude brought everybody, and the crowd was hot. They were awesome. Um, you know, while, while they were there, the unfortunate thing is, you know, once he went up and finished... Uh, you know, through the rest of the night, people started to peter out, you know, uh, there were still probably, I'd say like 10 just straight up, straight up audience members left, uh, by the end of the night. Um, you know, so it's definitely one of those Mondays, uh, you know, you want to sign up as early as you can. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, it was wild. It was great working in front of that crowd. Um, I I I probably should have I probably should have had a, a tight five ready to record. Um, I didn't. Uh, it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, you know, I I set up my camera and I film like I always film, and uh, you know, there's people walking front, there's errant conversation nearby, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So even if I did like my tightest five, it still would have been. Uh, lost to the to the the video gods, uh, as it were. Um, got a few decent clips out of it though. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Tight five. That's a thing. I need to work on it. Like, if I decide I'm going to go do a hot five, I could probably go do a a, a, a solid five. Like, I just pick my five minutes of my best shit. But I spend so much of my time prepping for. You know, whether it's it's hosting and having ideas of things that I could talk about or, or riff on if I if I get there, if I get in trouble or knowing, you know, some hot closer lines if I need to get to them or, you know, I'm, I've got shows all all this month. So I've been prepping, you know, longer sets and I don't know, it's it's wild because what I want to do is long sets. You know, I, I like to have more time. I like to get comfortable. I like to let the audience get a feel for who I am. Um, you know, and, and that takes a little time. It's, it's hard to get up in front of people. And in five minutes, a, you know, if they've never seen me before, introduce them to who and what I am. Um, cause there can be some questions when I take a stage for the first time in front of an audience. I, I know that. Um, you know, and then once I've kind of set the scene for who I am, then get to the material I want to do, um, you know, instead of just the material about who and what I am. Um, so yeah, on the topic of who and what I am, got a few things. First thing, uh, 
Uh, oh, hi, Kobe. If you remember my cat, Kobe, uh, Kobe has come to visit while I am recording. Hello, baby. Are you just gonna, don't, don't sit on, don't, don't sit on the phone, babe. Hi. You good, kitty? Yes, you are. Uh, she's not talkative today, so you can't hear her, but she's here. Um, yeah, on the topic of who and what I am, um, this week, random thing that happened, uh, fake Instagram account, uh, of me. It was, uh, underscore Skits M. Jones, or underscore Skits Jones, as opposed to just straight up Skits Jones. Um, looks like they were just reposting shit of mine, so I don't know if it's one of those they were gonna do a bait and switch, like make everyone think it was a backup account, and then, um, you know, turn around and be one of those spammers who advertises shit. I don't know. Uh, or maybe someone just really wants to be me. I don't know. It was fucking weird. But yeah, I've hit the big time. Next step is getting one of those, uh, one of those blue check marks next to my name, Instagram. Let's get on that. Apparently I'm, I'm a big deal. People want to be me. Um, uh, oh, I neglected to mention this. I hosted on Saturday at Comedy Shrine. That was, uh, that was different. That was new. Uh, I was not expecting to do that. Originally, I went in on Saturday to do a, a guest spot, you know, do a little little five to ten minute little banger, uh, knock out some material and just get in front of a, get in front of a crowd. Um, and when I got there, uh, Walid, who is currently my, my uh, co-producer on Game of Microphones and also one of the producers for weekend shows at Comedy Shrine, uh, Walid said he had some material he wanted to do in a guest spot, but he was supposed to host. Would I want to host instead? And after, uh, you know, trying to get my head right about it, because I was like, oh, I, I had prepped, I had prepped material, but yeah, fuck it. I'll, let's host. Let's do the thing. Um, you know, went out, did it. Uh, wildly different kind of crowd. Um, so much fun. Weekends are great. Um, and uh, it, the lineup was fantastic. You know, Walid, like I mentioned, um, for, for context, he's basically kind of uh, he's like my drag mom at this point in where I'm at with stand up, you know, kind of taking me under the wing uh, in producing and in hosting and, you know, stuff like that, uh, giving, giving me all sorts of advice. And, you know, a, a generally like one of the, one of the nicest people and has been super supportive and, uh, you know, totally good dude. And I appreciate him, you know, giving me uh, the opportunity to go up and, and host and it, uh, it was fun. And then, um, another one of the most supportive people on the scene, like this dude has been, uh, the most supportive, like so cool. Uh, Raghu Adibadla, um, who, you know, has done game of mics, has won game of mics, has done weekends. Uh, we'll be doing some, uh, a, a weekend, uh, feature at, at Shrine in September, um, you know, always cool at, at all the mics, just genuinely, A, funny, like, that should go without saying, but B, um, you know, one of the most positive and supportive folks on the scene for everybody, like, 
uh, I've I've seen him talk to some some young kids who were who were new for for Game of Mike's kind of talk to them back in the green room and give them advice and stuff because he's been around a while, and so yeah, Ragu uh, is is wicked cool. Um, uh, I met Marsden Kelly for the first time. Uh, she's fantastic. We had a, a great conversation about, uh, you know, representation on the scene and what scenes are, are queer friendly and, and, um, you know, stuff of that nature. And, and the, the, uh, such a cool person. Uh, I really hope I get to see more of her, um, you know, either in the burbs or me going out to the city, uh, really enjoyed her set. And then, uh, far, excuse me, Kobe, you're getting your cat fur all over me. Uh, and then Paul Farvar, uh, was the, the headliner and I had just done, uh, Thursday night over at, uh, still not Friday, uh, at two brothers. I had, I had done the Thursday night show with him. Uh, and then he headlined, uh, the weekend really funny, um, super nice, uh, also has a podcast called Singles Only, uh, so check that out, um, so yeah, really, really fantastic Saturday night, uh, a great experience for me, uh, and I look forward to, to doing more weekends and more hosting gigs, um, you know, I, I mentioned the uh, conversation I had with Marsden about, you know, representation in the scene, things like that. There is a, uh, a Facebook group that I am part of, um, which, you know, is, is predominantly the, the purpose of the group is it's older comics giving, uh, advice and information to younger comics and things of that nature. And, um, there, there is a trend in this group, uh, of course, of older comics kind of poo-pooing PC culture or millennials or, you know, whatever they want to blame on for ruining comedy uh, as it is these days. And it's absurd to me, um, you know, because nothing is ruining comedy. Like, humanity will always need comedy. There will always need to be things that make us laugh. Uh, and you know, that's as true for younger generations as it is for older generations. You know, it's just what makes us laugh changes. You know, there was a time where a pie in the face was high art when it came to comedy. And now it's, I mean, yeah, it might still elicit a chuckle depending on the situation, but we've seen it. We've seen it before. We've seen it for uh, decades, if not centuries. Like, it's not the 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 humor that it used to be. Um, and, you know, we... The, the idea that so many of these, especially older, straight, cisgender, fucking white dudes... Uh, the, the idea that so many of them have in their heads that like, oh, if such and such great were still alive today, they'd fall victim to cancel culture. They'd never be able to survive in today's climate, etc., etc. Like, maybe. Some might, some might not. Like, anyone who's saying that Richard Pryor would never thrive in today's society is a goddamn moron. 
Richard Pryor was a fucking uh, black bisexual dude who grew up around sex workers and did drugs. Like, and had issues with prison. Or, at, uh, did he go to prison or just jail? Either way, like, run-ins with the law, black, bisexual, sex workers in his history. Like, what the fuck do you mean Richard Pryor would not have been able to survive in today's landscape? That is insane to me to think that. Um, you know, you could argue maybe Bill Hicks would have suffered because in hindsight... Bill Bill Hicks was hugely homophobic and had a lot of material about fucking prepubescent girls. Like, that's problematic as fuck. Yeah, it is. And yes, it was humor. Um, But given the climate, maybe it would have been found less funny. And, you know, probably should. Uh... I, that's, but if Bill Hicks was truly one of the greats, which, you know, most tend to agree that yes, he was, he probably would have found a way around it, you know, um, or moved on to different shit. I mean, Dennis Leary was essentially Bill Hicks, uh, and then Dennis Leary moved on to do movies and TV and shit more so than stand up, like, People adapt, people change, or they stagnate and die. Those are the options. You know, there are tons of comics from the 80s who are not the deal now because it's not their time. They had their time. There are people who are hot now who probably won't be hot in 30 years. That's fine. You know, that's like saying fucking Poison should still be the number one band in the world. Why? You know, not that Poison was the number one band, but, like, they were hot for their time. Um, But shit changes. You either adapt to the the shifting of time or you fucking fall off. Like, those are the the options. Um, You know, and another complaint I see is uh, quota booking. And, you know, quota booking is, well, they're not they're not booking nothing but straight cisgender white dudes. So obviously there's some PC narrative that they're trying to fulfill by, you know, booking all these, uh, minority folks or these women or these queer folk or whatever. Um, here's the thing. Audiences are diversifying. There is a reason that like the fast and furious series is one of the biggest non-pre-existing property franchises that has ever existed. You know, the the Marvel Universe, the MCU, they have the advantage of, you know, a, a century-long history of comic books and people wanting to see well-done comic books. Plus, they have Marvel, uh, not Marvel, uh, Disney, the Disney machine behind them. Um, you know, so yeah, Marvel's number one right now in the world, but like Fast and Furious is hot. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that there is at least one person on screen in that ensemble uh, cast 
who looks or sounds or acts or has some element that is reflective of who you are um, in in some form or fashion. That's, <coughs> excuse me, you know, it is one of the most diverse casts and that's part of why it's a largely successful franchise. People want to see representation. People want to see different perspectives. And the idea that, you know, if it's not funny to a, you know, 50 or 60 year old uh, straight cisgender white dude um, means it's not funny, period. Well, that's simply not true. Because uh, there's plenty of shit that's funny to them that I would probably not chuckle at. That's fine. You know, there are different audiences for different people. That's why diverse booking is a positive thing. Because it means you're going to get a larger range of of people coming to your shows. You know, if you're only catering to one audience or one demographic, your base is going to wither and die. Um, you know, the audience is never what's killing comedy. The industry kills itself. And that's true in every performance, uh, platform. You know, it's true in wrestling. It's true in music. It's true in comedy. And I realize comedy is the thing that I'm newest to, but I also see so many parallels between comedy and every other entertainment thing I've ever been involved in because it's a lot of the same attitudes and the same type of people it appeals to and it's business-wise a lot of similarities you know um the 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 entertainment industry has changed the internet has changed it smart TVs have changed it streaming platforms have changed it. Uh, the fact that, you know, ticket prices stagnated back in the 80s changed it. You know, if if you were making in the 80s, excuse me, what you're making now, uh, you know, without any sort of adjust for inflation, then yeah, you're making less money. Uh, and part of that is venues can't charge what they would need to charge to keep up with the rates of inflation because there is so much more competition. You know, the, the, if you think of, you've got, just for going out, let's say you want to go out for the night, you know, ignoring the fact that uh, there's so many things that you have at your home, at your disposal for entertainment. Um, you're competing with trivia nights, karaoke nights, live music, DJs, craft beer festivals, um, burlesque shows, drag shows, other comedy shows. There are so many things that everyone is in competition with at all times that the only way to survive is to appeal to the most people possible. Um, you know, and, and put on a show that people want to see, you know, so it is that fine line of, yes, you have to 
diversify to draw a bigger audience, but you also have to provide entertainment. You know, so yes, if you are just putting people on a bill just to put people on a bill, you're doing yourself a disservice. But anyone who's doing that is probably doing that with any bill they put together, whether it's diverse or not. You know, um, because the funny people are out there. Uh, you know, one, one of my, my biggest points of pride is how diverse Game of Microphones tends to be. And part of that is, I'm queer. Walid's Egyptian. We both have different perspectives. Um, you know, we, we are looking for different perspectives because neither of us is the stereotypical what a comic, you know, is supposed to be with your jeans, your black t-shirt, and your uh, white skin, and your multiple divorces. I don't know, like, <laughs> there are stereotypes in comedy of, of what a, a, a comic is, is supposed to be, or what their material is, or whatever. And the fact that that is shifting is important, because, you know, crowds are, are going to come to shows that they feel welcome at. You know, that's the other thing. If all you've got is the the same homogenous show, um, you know, if, if it alienates audience members or crowd members, they're going to tell their friends. You know, they're going to uh, tell folks, hey, don't go to that show because it's racist or it's misogynist or it's uh, just very the same, um, with the same types of people doing the same material all the time. Like diversity is never going to be a bad thing. You know, obviously, yes, still book people who are talented, but the talented people are out there. Um, and you know, there are more platforms for them to be seen than ever before. So if you're not finding them, it's because you're not looking. That will always be the problem. You know, if you don't think there is a funny, uh, let's see, how many qualifiers can I put? Uh, queer, uh, trans, um, black, uh, woman, uh, uh, accountant. Uh, if, if you think there's not one of those out there, I guarantee you somewhere out there, there's one of them. Um, you know, but that, that's so very specific, but if you think there's not funny black people or women or Hispanic people or, uh, Middle Eastern people or, uh, Asian people, or queer people, or trans people, or whatever, if you think there's not funny people that fit into those demographics, you're not looking. And part of the reason you're probably not looking is because you're only looking for people who reflect your exact experience. That's also one of the roadblocks in, you know, hiring for any industry. Uh, you know, that's why people uh, talk about things like um, diversity in hiring and, uh, and things of that nature, because people tend to gravitate toward people who look like them or reflect their experiences or whatever, just instinctually, we like to in-group. 
Um, and so, yeah, sometimes you have to be, uh, you, you have to force yourself to look beyond yourself uh, and look at other things. And also pay attention to what audiences are responding to. Just because something's not funny to you doesn't mean it's not going to be funny to a room. Um, and vice versa. You might think something's hilarious and you will kill a room. I have seen people die laughing at racism and homophobia and, you know, shit like that. Uh, you know, someone says the word faggot on stage and there will be a pocket of people who lose their goddamn minds. But guess what? You put that in a room and there is a portion of that audience who will never come back. Because why would they? That wasn't funny to them. In fact, that could be, you know, very offensive to them if faggot is the punchline. If, if you know, being gay is the punchline uh, coming from, you know... Uh, uh, a, a straight cis person, you know, like homophobia doesn't fly these days. Sexism doesn't fly these days. Now that said, there are people who craft personas where they say heinous shit, but it is couched in degrees of separation and distance and irony and inflection and highlighting other issues or highlighting those issues through the lens of, look at me, I'm a monster. I'm going to make you laugh at how monstrous I am, while also letting you recognize that, yes, this is monstrous. You know, there are people who can do that. Those people are phenomenal at what it is they do. If you're an edgelord walking into a room who's just saying heinous shit because you think the act of saying heinous shit is hilarious to you, then yeah, you're not going to get booked anymore. Like, it's, uh, I don't know. It's upsetting to me. Anyone who thinks that Richard Pryor wouldn't get booked now is is an idiot. You know, um, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a thing I saw. It it I didn't chime in because I'm not gonna. And if you're a comic and you're listening to this, you probably know the group or you, you, you know, know the argument that I'm talking about. Um, so whatever, like it is what it is. Uh, this is a, I, I've rambled for a while now. This is a, a longer episode. It looks like, so I'm going to keep things moving. Um, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, all right. Uh, recommendations and shit. The series Legion just ended. Um, it was a very quiet, understated ending for a series that could at times be absolutely bombastic. Uh, it was still visually interesting and had a lot of the, the features that the show has had in its three-season run. Um, but I could also see how people could be underwhelmed by it because what it seemed was a series about uh, one person's dilemma with mental illness uh, and possibly ending the world uh, was in fact really just about uh, healing, reconciliation, um, uh, familial relationships, and, and things of that nature, and, and whether personality is, is uh, malleable. Um, 
it was a weirdly hopeful end for a series that left more things open than it closed in a lot of ways. Uh, but that's fine. It was always that kind of a show. So if you've been watching Legion or if you haven't watched Legion but you've been interested, um, I still recommend the series. The The highlight moments still outweigh any of the, the negatives for me personally. Uh, I think it's still one of the more interesting series that have been on TV. And knowing that it's only a three-season run uh, means it's not you know overwhelming to try and catch up. Uh, so yeah, check out Legion. Um, I don't care about the new tool. I realize as a, a metal person that might be uh, an alienating stance to take, but I just, I don't. I listen to the new song. It's fine. It sounds like Tool. Um, nothing about it was especially catchy or memorable. Uh, it was long. It had time signature things and Maynard doing what Maynard does. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say, for me personally, favorite thing Maynard's ever done uh, the feature on Deftones Passenger. Uh, so that's my recommendation for an older song. Uh, Passenger by the Deftones off of 2000's White Pony. Uh, the meshing of Chino's voice and Maynard's voice are fantastic. Uh, the use of, of car imagery as a stand-in for ideas of, of BDSM and kink and harnesses and the relinquishing of control being a passenger for someone taking control of the wheel and driving uh, sexually. It's it's a fantastic song. Um, one of my favorite Deftones songs. And like I said, one of my favorite things Maynard's ever been involved in. Um, maybe that's blasphemy to any of those Tool fans out there. But I, I'm, you know, for me, the new Tool is the new Chinese democracy. Like, I spent so long hearing that someday it was going to happen that when it finally shows up, it's going to be like a fart in the wind. Like, I don't... There better be something fantastic on there. And I look, I've seen Tool Live recently. I still really enjoy their sound. I enjoy their music. I just don't give a shit. Like, Maynard seems like a prick. And I don't care. Like... <laughs> And who knows, maybe the album will drop and there's there's stuff on the album that's better than the single and I'll get into it. But right now, just don't care. Instead, go listen to Passenger off, uh, off White Pony by Deftones. It's fantastic. Uh, for a newer song, um, Tickle Tortures, No One Feels For Your Love off 2018's Love Quake album. Uh, Tickle Torture is everything the Prince was in the 80s. Tickle Torture is sexy and funky and poppy and has jams and grooves. And goddamn, this song fucking bangs, man. Go check out No One Feels For Your Love. There's also a very not safe for work music video. Maybe not very not safe for It's not safe for work. There's nudity in it. Um, but it's not... Like, no one's fucking in the video, like in some of their previous videos. Um, but it's still nudity and sensuality. I will say, uh, Lovequake as an album is more sensual than sexual, uh, which previous 
Tickle Torture albums were definitely more on the sexual side. So, yeah, if you need a a, a solid addition to your, your fuck playlist, uh, No One Feels For Your Love by Tickle Torture. Um, also, be careful Googling Tickle Torture or searching Tickle Torture on YouTube. You have to be very specific. Uh, make sure you add the, the name of the song on there as well. Um, all right. Last but not least, as is the situation with every episode, it is time for your tarot pull of the episode. Uh, this episode, the tarot uh, that I've pulled, is uh, it's from the Neon Nightmare Tarot Deck by Miss Kitty Cush. Um, the, uh, the, the entire deck is horror imagery, uh, overlaid or paired with like Lisa Frank-esque imagery. Uh, and this card is no different. Uh, the card that I've drawn is the sun. And on this card, it is, uh, Ash from Evil Dead, uh, standing with his boomstick raised over a, a Lisa Frank background. Um, and Ash is a, a fitting figure for the sun because the sun is all about positivity, energy, and enthusiasm. And Ash, you know, no matter how shit things tend to be in the Evil Dead uh, franchise, Ash always has this unbridled... Even even when he's pessimistic, he's still optimistic. Like, there's, a, a, there's an energy and a, a positivity that radiates off Ash. And that's what this card is about. It's about radiating positivity and energy and enthusiasm. And no matter how, how, uh, how dire the, the, the situation might be, uh, keeping yourself in, in harmony, your, your conscious and your subconscious, your, 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 your mind and your body, keeping yourself in, in harmony will help you win the day. Uh, you know, and if you're feeling yourself right now, awesome, keep the positivity and the energy and the enthusiasm up because it's also helping other people. And if you're not feeling yourself right now, like push forward with, you know, renewed verve by like treating yourself or, or finding a reward to keep yourself going because you've earned those things. You know, you're, you are striding forward, whether you recognize those strides or not. And if you need to reward yourself for the moment to, to, you know, get your energy back up and get your forward momentum back up, then do that. You know, give yourself that little treat. Um, do something good for yourself and, and keep that positivity up because, you know, positivity will win the day. Positivity will drive you forward. Like, yes, there there is more than enough in this world that will make us, uh, upset and hurt and, you know, at times hateful and angry. Um, but the, the, the positivity and, and the, the hope for better is what drives us forward. You know, the, it, if, if we truly believed nothing could be better then nothing would ever be done. But the, the thought that it, it can be better, it should be better, and we can make it better, and that positivity is what will rule the day. So embody the sun, embody positivity, uh, 
uh, embrace body positivity uh, if if you've got to. Like, do what you got to do. And, you know, if you find yourself in, in a situation where you are down and you are feeling run down and you, you don't know what to do next, ask yourself what Ash Williams from Evil Dead would do. Uh, ideally, without, like, taking a chainsaw to somebody. Maybe, maybe don't do that. But anything else, all right. Maybe not a maybe not a boomstick. Maybe don't don't shoot anyone with a shotgun. Probably don't cut your hand off either. I can't advise that. You know what? The Evil Dead series is pretty fucked up, isn't it? It's so good though. But yeah, positivity, man. That's the deal. All right. I've taken up enough of your time. Y'all have been fantastic. I've been Skits M Jones. This has been the Trash Fire of Talk. The only thing I can ask of you is, as always, keep that trash fire burning, y'all.